0: This is season 1, episode 3 of the Steady Trade podcast. Today we're talking about how we find the best stocks to trade and we're still giving away a TV and a laptop computer and a bunch of other stuff. It could be yours. Just take a listen. Stephen likes to tease me about me and the old guy, but the truth is, I'm only 43. Sure, I was born in 1974, 3 years before this little thing changed the world forever. But I wasn't alive when this happened.
1: Ask not what your
0: country can do for you. Or this. That's one small step for man. Or even this. Alexander. Alexander. But I was definitely around before home computers, before the internet, before smartphones. Those things have completely changed the world we live in. More importantly, those things have made it possible for regular Joes. Like me and you, to get real-time information about stock prices, to learn what it means to become a successful day trader who takes strategic advantage of the many ups and downs in stock prices that happen every day. It's all about scanning stocks, finding the big gainers among the thousands of stocks being traded every day, and the technology we have today, and especially with state-of-the-art tools like Stocks to Trade, the world has become our
1: freaking oyster. This is the Steady Trade Podcast, powered by Stocks to Trades, with super, hip, sexy, tech savvy Steven Johnson and the old guy who still listens to Neil Diamond and Barry Manilow on his eight track cassette tape, Tim Bone. Take it away, guys. Welcome
0: back to the Steady Trade Podcast. I am your host, Tim Bowen. So, we're going to pick up today kind of where we left off in episode one and two, where we talked about, you know, why to day trade versus invest and then also why to focus on low price stocks. So, what we're going to go over today is really how do you get to a manageable list of stocks. you're going to see there's 16,000 plus stocks, there's there's new ones every day. How do you get down to a manageable number of stocks to actually execute a trade on?
1: Well, I mean, I think Tim, I think I, I know the answer, but for for the listeners I, I'm not sure how they do. But uh, it's all to do with scanning for me and and I, we're not talking about scanning our birthday cards we're talking about scanning stocks yeah so the basically what what
0: any software should allow you to do is break down specific stocks you know we're looking at tickers all kinds of companies all kinds of prices so what a basic scanner will allow you to do is eliminate number one stocks that aren't moving uh not you know this might be something that not everybody knows But even though there are 16,000 stocks, doesn't necessarily mean all of them are actually making moves day in and day out.
2: When Tim talks about stocks moving, he is talking about the price of a stock going up or going down. Price fluctuation is movement.
0: Remember in the previous episodes, one of the reasons we like low price stocks is because we can catch big gains on a short term basis. So you start with finding stocks that are actually moving. So first thing I'm going to start out doing is always look for stocks that are making a big percentage gain to the upside. You know, this will give us the stocks that everybody else is looking at. Remember that the stock market, it is a marketplace. The reason it's called a market is it is a marketplace. There is supply and demand going on every day in the stock market. So we want to find stocks that everybody else is looking at, or, or I should say as many eyeballs as possible. It's going to light up as many scans as possible.
1: Uh, Tim, you talk a lot about scans, and I'm just wondering uh, if everyone knows what you mean. Uh, so, what what exactly do you? How do you define a scan?
0: Well, think about a scan as looking for specific criteria around a stock. Think of it like, remember, we're we're, we're trading stocks, so we're we're shopping for stocks, and it is really no different than if you were, say, what's the first thing that comes to mind shopping for a car or a computer.
1: You're going to be shopping for stocks or stocks. Uh,
0: stocks, not socks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So
0: um, you're looking for specific criteria. So say it's the car you want uh, uh, an SUV versus a passenger car. You want a certain amount of horsepower. You want a you know leather interior. You want a certain color. So just like when you're going to the car dealership or online and you're scanning for a particular type of automobile you're doing the same thing with a stock that scan is focusing in on specific criteria that fit your trading style
1: okay so i mean and i'm just curious as well i mean this is a question from my end so if we go back to the future uh, like like let's say when you first started trading let's go back to 1895 how has technology evolved i mean say 30, 40 years ago when you were trading and the Beatles were playing and we had Jimi Hendrix. And how, Bob Dylan. You, how, old you, how old do you think I am? <laughs> I mean, just back when you were trading and it, it was like, she loves you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and like you were like trading the stocks. Like, I mean, what's the scanners and stuff then? I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know because for me, uh, I walk straight into kind of modern technology, modern software. And I don't know if I take it for granted. I, I I'm interested. I actually, you know, it's amazing,
0: especially just the last couple years, the leapfrogs we've made. And yes, I am old. No, I was not trading when the when the Beatles were popular. But in the you know late nineties, early two thousands, and even when I got really active in day trading two thousand seven, two thousand eight, the websites that we were using were just not mature, uh, not user friendly at all. We're, you know many of them were even uh, what I would call like character-based. Think about, and this will date me for sure, think about computers back in the 80s and 90s when you had a command-line interface. You didn't have a mouse, okay? So these, even in 2007, 2008, 2009, sometimes you had to actually write code like, you know, like you see the matrix, uh, the, all the numbers and letters flying by. That's what we even had to do back in the day. You know, we had computers, but they were, uh, they were the Apple II that weren't connected to the internet. So that was the dilemma is how did you find them?
1: What, what were you, how did you find them before the Apple II?
0: So the newspaper and what I would look for, and obviously I wasn't making trades back then. But you would look at the newspaper and, and there would be a, a, a percent gainers criteria, just like we have in modern scanners. But it was always you know it was obviously delayed because they had to print it in the newspaper. And that was the only criteria. You would just see the stocks that were you'll you'd always have a gainers and a losers that would show the biggest gainers of the day before and the biggest losers of the day before. But one of the reasons I never had success trading in the 80s and 90s is I never had the ability to actually drill down to the criteria I needed.
1: So, so the top percent gainers were in the newspaper, printed. Yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, that, that to me sounds absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds catastrophic that you had to deal with that. I mean, I, I personally feel sorry for you. That is <laughs> well, catastrophic. And-
0: <laughs> and again that's why there was no you know I had no trading success until computers came along you know and then, and then now we get into the late 90s and the 2000s and we get to the internet and that's when we had the dot com boom the tools were way 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 more rudimentary than they are today but you finally could you know in the late 90s you had websites that you could say give me stocks that have this volume that have this type of gain, that have all of these specific criteria. And now you went from back in in the day, in the olden days in 1895, hoping for a stock tip from your stockbroker, into now, thanks to the internet and thanks to a computer, you could do that all yourself. And you weren't looking, you weren't calling up Merrill Lynch and saying, give me a hot stock pick.
1: Yeah, no, it it just sounds absolutely outrageous that you you would have to go through that. I mean, maybe, I mean, for me, and I've never experienced this because I mean, before, I mean, obviously I've been on Trade for about 11 months now, but before I was on Trade, I used another, I used another kind of service and I was just like, what is this old shit that I'm looking at? Like, what are all these old numbers? And you couldn't even zoom in and stuff. I was like, how can, how can people live with this? But obviously you, you had to deal with even worse
0: well, and that's, you know, and that's again, one of the reasons stocks trade came to pass is, is uh, Tim Sykes is one of our original investors. He was dealing with the same stuff of uh, I was dealing with of, of taking forever to drill down and I would use, you know, now we've kind of fast forwarded to the mid 2000s. And we had a lot of websites, but they were terrible to try and use not user friendly at all. They weren't nearly as configurable as the modern tools are. And the bummer was to get all of the pieces, you would have to subscribe to two, three, four, five of these. I would subscribe back you know, up until five years ago. I was subscribed to half a dozen different websites paying $20 to $150 a month for each of them. I had probably a recurring bill of $400 for all these websites.
1: That's that's just totally mental. Like I just I just wouldn't bother trading. I would I would just have a different job because it just sounds like too much work. It's too difficult. Maybe I'm spoiled.
0: It, it's funny because and again the other problem is all of these websites you'd have to remember your passwords. They would they would have you'd have to have some sort of Java update. Some of them just went out of business. That's actually uh, part of the uh, you know Tim Sykes has a lot of training DVDs that are still very useful today. But when you watch them, some of these websites that, that he is talking about don't even exist anymore. They've just been shut down.
1: Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I think I've been spoiled now because I've grew up in the era and the generation where you find everything at your fingertips. And you've even got like a, a Twitter configured scan where you can literally see what people are talking about, about in reference to stocks of one or two dollars.
0: Yeah. I Uh, wonder, you know, uh, we, we, we've talked about my, you know, long journey to trading consistency. Uh, I wonder where I would be if again, I was 20 years younger and getting involved in the game today versus getting involved in the game in the late nineties and and literally looking at magazines. I mean, think about the lead time on a magazine. I would look for stock ideas in fortune magazine and and the things they were writing about were six weeks old by the time you got your hands on the magazine.
1: No, honestly, I mean, knowing what I know now, if someone transported me back in time, 30 years, I would just say, I'm not doing it. You can't make me. I'm not doing it. I'm just not trade. No one can make (laughs) me trade. I'm I'm just not doing it. And no one can force me to do it. I just refuse. It's like that.
0: You know, you think about that, it's like that with so much technology, you know, you you think back of of your look at your cell phone, you know, what would you, you know, something that is just instrumental that you I mean, I mean, I'm assuming you're like most people, if you leave the house, without your cell phone, you get a mild panic attack.
1: No, it's, it's, it's a little bit sad as well. Because if you run out of data, if you're not in a Wi Fi zone, you feel cut off from the world. And it's quite scary to think that you can have that psychological feeling
0: but it's also a double edged sword because the beauty of these tools is now you know i look back when i got started actively day trading 2007 2008 i was spending 3 to 4 hours to do what i do in 20 minutes or a half an hour with stocks to trade that is but that's what technology is supposed to do you know you know the reason we have computers or the reason we had a tractor replace a horse, the reason that the world is such an amazing place is technology is rapidly advancing. We can do more in less time. And again, that's why I'm jealous is is I'm spending three to four hours almost 10 years ago, and I'm spending 20, 30 minutes today.
1: Yeah, that that reminds us of a good question that I actually wanted to ask you. Um, Where do you think... Is the future of scanning going? And can it get any better? And what what will be the differences?
0: Oh man, I you know I wonder about uh, you know virtual reality where that will come into play. But you know there's always something new. the The markets are there's always something new, but it's always a repetition as well. So uh, you know, so I always say trading is a lot like fashion. What, what is old is new again and, and vice versa. So we're always innovating. There's always going to be something new, but that is the beauty of 2017, 2018, whenever you're listening to this, is the democratization of technology that, down into our hands and everything is changing so much quicker. So we're going to start out looking for Tickers that are up a big percentage. What is a big percentage? Depending on the day, could be ten, twenty percent. That brings in the eyeballs. That is a, a, a shiny object for lack of a better term. It's gonna bring in as many traders as possible. It's gonna light up as many scans as possible.
1: Yeah, and for sure. We we have to um I mean I think the, the top percent gainers, the big percent gainers, looking for stocks that are up on the day is definitely very, very important. But you also have to have to have volume as well because too many times I've been in a trade and I've been like nine hours later it's not moved and I'm thinking what what have I wasted my day with?
0: And that is you know that that's uh, you know what I call a you know for uh, hopefully this isn't an uh, offensive term but it, you know they become time horrors. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: The Steady Trade Podcast, on behalf of Tim Bowen, would like to sincerely apologize to any self-identifying doors of any kind. We are not here to shame your life choices. Please forgive us.
0: <laughs> so what happens is, yeah, if you don't scan for volume as well, if you're just looking at stocks that are up big without volume... You can get trapped, for lack of a better term, in a stock that just goes sideways all day. Most of us, many of you listeners, are part-time traders. You're new traders. You want to maximize your time. So number one, big moves. Number two, you need volume.
1: Yeah, but we ha- we have to break this down in numbers as well. So when you say percent gainers, I know it depends on the day. I guess you're talking like more than 10%, 5 to 10%. Um, yeah, I mean if you're day trading, you want to look for stocks that are least up
0: 10%, whether that be the previous day or in pre-market. Uh, you know, again, the beauty of low-price stocks is unless it is just a very 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 slow day, which yeah. I don't recommend trading on slow days, you're going to find 10, 15, 20 stocks that are up 10%
1: on the day. Okay. So and the next thing which is more interesting and I think a lot of people will find this valuable is Say the first hour of the day has passed. What kind of what kind of volume numbers are you thinking about? Like how many shares traded? Because for me, uh, say it's at ten eleven o'clock. I will I will set my scans to to have traded at least uh, two hundred thousand three hundred thousand. I would say.
0: Yeah, unless you're looking at you know true, true penny stocks, where it's a stock that is actually trading at one, two, five cents, which we'll talk about more in the future. I recommend avoiding less than like 75 cent or a dollar stocks. So great question, Stephen. So I do exactly the same. Once you get into past the market open, so past 930, I'm only going to look at tickers with 250,000 shares traded a day. Then as you move through the day, you want to focus on the most liquid plays, the most, the trades or the tickers with the most volume. So, midday, then I'm looking at 500,000 shares traded on the day. Yeah. And once we get into 2 p.m. or later, remember all these times are Eastern time. If it's 2 p.m. or later and that stock hasn't traded a million shares minimum, I recommend ignoring it.
1: Yeah, so I mean, say you, you start off with sixteen hundred stocks. You say I just want the stocks over ten percent. So then maybe you've got mm-hmm. like fifty, a hundred, a few hundred left. But then you say I only want ones with over five hundred thousand shares traded. So then you've got maybe twenty or thirty left. So how do you how do you narrow it down more than that? Uh, is there another criteria?
0: Well, the next yeah, the next thing I'm going to look for is is exactly some sort of catalyst. Now, what is a catalyst? Could be many things. You know, in in any stocks, remember, news does move stocks, but you cannot anticipate the news. Sometimes stocks will have news. They'll have a new product. They'll have a contract. But the price doesn't move because the day traders, the investors don't believe enough in the news. So that's why we're kind of working through almost like a flow chart here. Top level, we want gainers. Second level, we want volume. Third level is we want a catalyst. Could be an earnings announcement, which happened four times a year. Could be a contract win. Maybe you're a defense contractor and you just sold $10 million to the Department of Defense. Or it could be a merger. Or it could even be a new product announcement. Could be you came out with some new amazing podcast like the Steady Trade podcast. And because <laughs> of that... The stock moves again. We don't really care as traders what the catalyst is. We just want something.
1: Yeah, and and I mean I don't know how much weight you paint to this. I'd be interested to know actually. And one, the way I sometimes define my scans is I have three different scans, and I define them on float. And for anyone who doesn't know, float's the number of shares in a company that can be publicly traded. And for me, I have a, a less than 10 million float, a 10 to a 50 million float and a 50 million plus float. And because obviously the, the lower the float, the more potentially volatile it can be, because if it has that big level of volume and it's not got met too many shares publicly to trade, then it's more likely to run.
0: Correct. So now we'll get into this is kind of we'll, we'll start our Geek Corner uh, segment here. Geek Corner. Deep corner, steady trade, excellent. So let's talk about float. This is kind of a this is a technical term, but these are terms you need to know at some point. So, as Stephen mentioned, float is the freely tradable shares. Because keep in mind, some of these stocks will have uh, if, if shares are in, owned by uh, employees or directors. Lots of times those shares are locked up. They can only be sold at certain times of the year or after certain periods of time. What we're looking for, and especially 2016, 2017, I mean, we have been in what I call low float mania for quite some time, but the float is the freely tradable shares. So again, back to supply and demand. If a stock in this market we're in has less than 10 million freely tradable shares, Think about it as it's a really hot day and you have a limited supply of lemonade. Everybody is going to want that lemonade. What is going to happen to the price? So when you get a low float stock that is up big on the day, is very liquid, has a lot of trading activity, and has a news event like we talked about, those are things that bring uh, buyers to the market. What happens when there's more buyers than there are shares available? I think most of you have had a basic economics class. You know that the price is rapidly going to accelerate. What do we want as traders?
1: We want rapidly accelerating prices. So if I, if I own a lemonade stand and, uh, and I've just only got five, five bottles of lemonade, but these lemons, these lemons don't come from anywhere. These lemons come from Great Britain, baby. And do you know what it is? (laughs) We've just had a brilliant, we've just had a brilliant summer month and these lemons have been nurtured to perfection with the perfect amount of sunlight and the perfect level of I'm gonna say photosynthesis, but I have no no idea. But what what
0: you just did there, Stephen, is actually very applicable to low price stocks. You just issued a press release just for your it. amazing British lemons, which I'm not. Can can you
1: actually even grow lemons in Britain? No, I'm lying. You guys li- even get sunlight there? I'm lying. Like most of the low low price companies that exist on the <laughs> stock market, I'm lying. <laughs>
0: But, but, but Stephen, actually, with his story, makes a good point. So what happens with these low price stocks is they want to get their price, their stock, the price of their stock up. That is their ultimate goal. They want to issue more shares to fund their operations. Almost all of these low price stocks are money-losing operations. Yep. They're desperate for cash. How do they raise cash in the public markets?
1: They get their stock price up. And this is so, confusing, by the way. This, is, this took me a long time to kind of understand, so I'm, I'm ready to hear it again. I'm excited to hear it again.
0: Yeah, and, and that's you know one thing we talk about in day trading is we trade the ticker, not the company. So we don't believe in any of these companies, whether we're long, whether we're buying no. the stock, or whether we're short, whether we're no. looking for
1: the price to I, go down. I, I will not be selling we, lemonade in, in, a, in a few years' time. I'll go bust like the other penny stocks.
0: <laughs> but the beauty of low price stocks, especially low float stocks, is if they get that press release out and you will see they will target uh, global events. You know, we saw this with the you could go back to 2015 and look at the marijuana stocks run. You can look back a couple more years when we had when there was Ebola outbreaks, these companies and there's money to be made trading has- them.
1: The shippers, of course, as well. The famous shippers.
0: Yeah, yeah. And dry bulk shippers going back to fall of 2016. You know, they will move based on events in short-term time periods. And just like Stephen's uh, Lemon Press release, that's what we look for in low price stocks. And but, that is another thing that you want to scan for. So you want to have a powerful news scanner, which will tell you, if I'm looking for a stock with volume with certain criteria, and has news, that is a stock I want to check out. So now we've gone from 16000 down to a couple hundred, down to maybe a couple dozen. Then each day you're only going to have a handful that have news. Now we're down to ideally less than five. That's how you get down to a manageable list of stocks.
1: No, no, I really like that. And, and for me, since I've been learning, like, what I've, what I've learned is focus on three stocks. Focus on yeah. two Even the whole day as well. Don't even look at other stocks. I focus on two or three stocks the whole day. See if the plan comes off. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I basically just watch them and I'm like, show me the sugar. Show me the sugar. <laughs> show me the sugar. Show me the sugar. Show me the sugar. Which always... <laughs>
0: Which always kind of cracks sugar. me up when, <laughs> when you make lemonade. I've actually had people like like will uh, you know I'm kind of a health nut, and people will say, "Well, I'm am drinking lemonade. Isn't that good for you?" And I always crack up because you Probably have not. that like little bitty like half an ounce packet of lemonade, and then you dump like three pounds of sugar into a gallon of lemonade.
1: No, no, but I, I want to find the lemonade without the the filtrated sugar. So is there a, is there a scan is there a scanner for that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So actually I want to touch on one of your points. Something that I think that many, many new traders struggle with is again, basically the core concept of what we want to bring you in this episode is not trying to watch too much. If you are trying to watch 10, 15, 20 stocks, you will almost invariably miss them all. Okay. We will talk about having a plan, and being disciplined with that plan in future episodes. But if you're trying to watch 6, 10, 15, 20 stocks, you will never be able to execute on them. Like Steven said, get it down to two or three. And if they don't hit your price targets, if they don't hit your plan, remember, you have 220 odd days a year to trade. You have, depending on your age, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years to trade. You can't be worried about missing trades if they don't hit your plan.
1: No, but and, and that's like I I think that as well. I think just scan for the stocks. D- like get up early. Preparation is so important as well. Like, preparing. Well, let me get this right. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And yep. uh, and I'll learn it from you. Like to get up an hour early and do the research uh, beforehand. Look at your scans. Look at the catalyst, and then pick the two or three stocks and. And obviously, I remember, I'll never forget, and it, it was using stocks to trade on the boat. Uh, when Tim Sykes was on a boat and he was with Blake, it was like six years ago. And Blake found a ticker. That, you know the story better than me. What's the story? Do you know the story? What's the story? Yeah, so
0: actually, that actually great way to tie this together, by the way. Yeah, um, that is E-K-S-O, which is yes. a momentum ticker. But it was a classic example of exactly what we have talked about. Number one low float stock it was up on a friday okay fridays are days that these types of stocks tend to run there's a lot more traders in the market a lot of guys are goofing off on friday afternoon trading at work okay there's a lot of market participants on friday afternoons so it had volume it was up on the day and like you said they they pushed out a press release that was talking about their robotic exoskeleton, and they did everything right they yeah. they got it to all the major media outlets. you're right, they did it like in Italy and Rome and and yeah they' like next to some I don't remember the the artifact but but here's this man with yeah. robotic legs uh-huh. walking you know so all of the things came together. Blake Alexander, which i he's a good guy, I actually know him, one of the early stocks to trade users, spotted it. As well as Tim Sykes, Tim bought it, and overnight, from Friday afternoon to Monday morning, he closed that trade out in one trading day and made over $70,000 on that trade.
1: It's unbelievable. So so I've got two questions for you now, Tim. Uh, The first question is, what is your favorite scan? The second question is, uh, do you have a kind of a story where... The that a specific scan and finding the stock made you a lot of money or brought up a really good ticker or something like that?
0: Well, uh, you know, again, the best scan right now is exactly that looking for some, the one we just talked about. And that is my favorite scan can, right now.
1: Can is, I guess, can I guess, uh, can I guess, yeah, go ahead. Go that ahead. is just to prove that I'm a diligent student of, of, of the pro course. I'm going to say three words. Is it three words? Yes, three. it's three. Am I on the right track? Is it three words? Uh, you don't know if it's three yes. words. Yes. Yes, it is three go, words. Uh, the first go one go is, ahead. The first one is V. The second is WAP. And the third yes. one is SCAN. <laughs> I'm all right so on So
0: r- right now, I think the best, most predictable scan, especially for, again, new traders or part-time traders, is what Stephen referred to as the VWAP hold scan. Oh, so gosh, what shit. is that? VWAP, it's a technical term. We'll get into these more. You can Google it. We'll probably have a link below, but it is a technical indicator that a lot of traders are using right now. It stands for volume weighted average price. And what this scan does with just a couple clicks, you come in in the afternoon, it shows you a stock that is up big on the day, just like we talked about, has volume, has volume, and it is holding above that key technical indicator, which gives you a defined risk to reward trade plan, which we're going to talk about more in the future. Now I show up two in the afternoon, I can quickly run this scan. I can see stocks that are fitting my criteria. Then if I have a catalyst, press release, news article, earnings, whatever, that stock perks up late day. That is a consistently repeatable trade that is a part-time trader or a new trader. You can rinse, repeat over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, and it makes so much sense as well because if it's holding the VWAP level in the afternoon, if it's holding its volume weighted average price, you've got a solid baseline to risk off as well. So you're not even risking much because you're, you're risking off the consolidation level of that day. Stocks that run out with a cutlass generally gab up the next day. Like it's not, we're not, it's not like it defines logic why it works.
0: Right, right. And that's, you know, we, we, we've thrown out the risk term several times. You know, that is something I often say, and to be honest, I think I probably stole this saying, but a trade without a plan isn't a trade. It's just a gamble. So, what you have to have with every trade you make, you have to have a stop loss, a point where you say, okay, this didn't work. And it's no different than any other business decision. If you start a restaurant, if you start a lemonade stand, like we talked about, there is risk involved. No matter what business, no matter what uh, venture you. Uh, take on, you have to have a point where you say, okay, this restaurant isn't working. This lemonade stand isn't working. And the beauty of trading liquid stocks like we do, we have the ability to get in and out. So once you enter or before you enter that trade, you decide what is my risk? What is my point where I decide this doesn't work? And that VWAP hold scan is a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, just if I think about, it, I was trading G today, Fang, thing, a fantastic trade, which is a terrible, <laughs> ter- terrible, terrible, it's not, it's not even a pun, it's just a terrible thing to say. But, uh, and I was thinking about the lemonade stand, the only way I'd go out of business is if people found out the le- that the lemonades went from Great Britain and I was lying, but this total sidetrack. Anyway, uh, G that, that, I found it because it was a top percent gain hour with volume. And then I started following it and saying, this is going up, it's going up, it's going up. It's not It's not too overextended, but it's up. And and what I learned a lot from you was don't wait for it. Like It, it, it topped yesterday. Say, for example, at 380, it topped. Uh, and then it topped again at 380 today. So when it came down to, say, 360, I was thinking, I'll tell you what, I'll get in at 360, I'll risk up 380. If it breaks high of day, I'm out. That's my resistance level. It topped there yesterday, and it topped there today. And, and then... You've got twenty cents of risk, and you can write it down to whatever forty or fifty cents of profit. And I learned that from you.
0: And, and it, well, great. And, and keep in mind what Stephen's talking about. If you're new, we'll talk about this a lot in the future. But remember, you can actually make money when stocks go down. So if you're not familiar with short selling, that is what Stephen does, and it's actually a or, or what Stephen did on FENG. and it is a very uh, consistently repeatable trade technique in low price stocks because they tend to spike, which means you can catch them on the front side buying them, but then they tend to fail on the back side, and you can make money when they go down. So even though he shorted that stock at 360 and it went lower, he actually made money because you can make money both ways in stocks.
1: Yeah no and and it's funny the more I talk about it and the more we talk to each other it's I mean it's been a year for me and uh, so many things have clicked but it's funny it's amazing to think how much you can learn in a year when when we talk about things like this as well and so for the people Yeah and that, and that and that, yeah. that's the
0: goal of this podcast is you know it, it, many people don't even know what short selling is it's a confusing uh strategy at first you you actually sell the stock before you buy it. We we may even do just a special episode yeah. entirely on short selling, because it is an advanced technique, but it is something that any trader can do. And like like for instance, you Stephen, I mean you probably how, what was it eight or nine months before you made your first short sell.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had to say. I mean, honestly, going back to the very start when I first opened, um, I downloaded Interactive Brokers. I didn't realize that you had a ten thousand dollars. I had nowhere near had ten thousand dollars. I had like six hundred dollars when I first started out. So I didn't realize I wasn't applicable uh, when I when I downloaded the Trader Workstation, and I just thought like, what the bloody hell is this? Like, what the hell? All-? I was so I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's it's <laughs> loads of numbers. It's really complicated. I'm totally overwhelmed. I was like, this is impossible. And then and then I hear other people say that when they look at the screen, and I'm like, it's the most simplistic thing in the world once you stare at it for 10 hours a day every day for 10 months or 12 months.
0: Yeah, and that's you know one of the things that and that's why we're doing the Steady Trade Podcast is to lessen that learning curve for everyone. But just know if you're new, there is a lot, a lot, lot to learn. And you know, once you just get you first of all, you have to be excited by it. You have to want to learn it. But if you have the passion to learn trading, I mean, there is limitless information out there. There's this podcast. There's the Tim Sykes challenge. There is stocks to trade pro. All of these things are out there. If you're willing to be diligent and put in the time, but that is what it takes. You can't expect to just open a brokerage account and start making money today.
1: No, and, and just to say how many people quit along the way, I mean when I started, I was networking network and network, and I had the YouTube channel so I speak to people, speak to people, speak to people and um and now I'm a year in, and how many of those people are still trading one or two, one or two if you
0: You know, it's just, again, so many uh, want to take the shortcuts and and they want to make money today and they don't take the kind of journey methodology you did, or even I did. You know, um, if you've listened to the first few episodes, you've heard some of my bio. It took me 25 years before I was consistently profitable. Now I'm jealous of you young guys that have the internet and have tools like stocks to trade that I didn't have in 1995.
1: Yeah, but and the other thing is, like, people like it's it's more difficult for for you and for Tim Sykes to to actually encourage people to to go through the course because people are just like they're just trying to sell me things, they're just trying to push education. But I know guys who have not gone through an education and they're still stuck two years later, and and like they've got the determination to try, but they're they're paper trading and they're not getting anywhere and they're stuck. And I and I'm leaps and bounds flying. Uh, like I say, I mean, eight out of 11 green, really, really finding my feet, really learning more and more every day. And, and now I've got other people saying, I just don't get it. And I'm like, oh, get on a course, get on a course. Don't even, <laughs> you don't even have to go with Tim Bone or Tim Seggs, go with anyone, but just learn, just learn from someone. Yeah. And, and, and be diligent, you know,
0: every day I tell everybody that whether or not you're, even if you can't trade today. I, for even back when I had my business and I was a part time trader, I still got up at 5 a.m. I still did all the scans, the same scans we just talked about. I still wrote trade plans. I still printed out charts. I used to uh, print a picture of the chart and scribble all over it. Then at the end of the day, when I was done with my business, I would review those charts, see what happened because you have to have that passion and that, and that fire and show up every day. I call it putting in reps. It's no different than batting practice or shooting free throws. If you think you're going to be a successful basketball player or baseball player, you can't just shoot baskets every now and then, or take batting practice every now and then. You have to show up every day and make that time.
1: Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not so much an American person for sports. I mean, it's it's a separate story. My brother moved over to America from England, and we're all soccer mad in England. And now he's a major basketball fan, and he's a major NFL fan. He likes it more than soccer, which is funny how he changed. But the story is um, there was a really really good Players Tribunal article, uh, and it was when one of the famous basketballers went into retirement. Um, and uh, do you remember the name? Jay uh, I I should... Allen, probably. Yes, yeah, it was Ray Allen, and it was how Ray Allen got up two hours before everyone else. He practiced and practiced his jump shot two hours before, two hours before them. When he made it into the the next league, he he was trained to, to, till sweat was dripping daily, till he felt sick. And and it's the same with stocks. You've got to put in more than what other people will put in for a longer period.
0: And that's you know that's really the biggest key to success is that grinding methodology is is you know especially in. Trading because there is so much to learn. You know, it is not just like you gotta in a sport, you gotta put the practice in every day. But with trading, you have to be willing to learn every day. There's always a new we talked about VWAP as a technical indicator. There's always a new indicator. There's always a new chart pattern. There's always a new hot trend, you know, right now and August, September, 2017, Bitcoin stocks are hot. Will they be hot a month from now? Will they be hot a year from now? Nobody knows. But if you're not showing up every day, you don't know what the hot trend is. And if you see some ticker that says Bitcoin, you have no idea what that even means.
1: Yeah, and that was one thing that I realized this month. Like, Even though I'd had a few green weeks in a row, I was thinking I'm still disappointed with myself because I wasn't prepared for Bitcoin. I didn't have the high-low ticker on stocks of trades. I, I wasn't. I, I didn't have an afternoon. Uh, I didn't have an after overnight view up. Not an overnight view up scan. I didn't have the um, the, the evening scan to to catch any aftermarket gainers. Right. Right. Yep. I'm not as prepared as I should be,
0: and that's the beauty of what we have in stocks to trade is all of these user configurable criteria, so you can do exactly what we started out with. Remember, you want to look for stocks that are up big on the day. They have volume. We talked about those criteria. and ideally, they have a catalyst. And that is really how you become successful trading, is finding these stocks that are moving, have volume and have a reason to move. Now you might not have news every day, but if you can isolate those things, that's how you get to be a, or maximize your potential to be a consistently profitable trader.
1: Hey, everybody, Stephen Johnson here. Don't forget to head over to our website, SteadyTrade.com. You can register and fill out a survey for today's episode. And normally, surveys are boring. But for you, you get the chance to win a greedy little bastard package. And hang on a second. If none of you go and register, maybe that greedy little bastard package can be mine. Ugh, never mind. Forget Forget what I said. Go to the website give some feedback, tell us that I'm great, tell us that I suck, tell me that I'm terrible at this and I should never do it again and I should not be on YouTube either and I should just go back to my normal job in advertising. But fill out the civil, you'll stand a chance of winning the prize and take a look at my YouTube videos. You will not believe how handsome I actually am. Girls and guys, whatever. Just, Just
2: check it out. Hi, this is Samantha from Inside an iMac Computer. And I like to pretend I am a real human being while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Study Trade podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, StudyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a 5-star rating, and write a glowing review on iTunes. I would, if I wasn't just a voice saying whatever they type out for me to say, for now at least. And why not go to the website and record one of these closing statements yourself? We'll use it on the podcast. And this is how we computer voice people say goodbye inside our iMac computers.
0: Well,
2: the frickin' God!
0: (laughs) Well, really, you know, yeah, yeah, well, well, actually, so, so really stocks to trade the software itself, you know, you know, that is... One of the one of the reasons is it was devised was, you know, whether it be Tim Sykes or or me or other traders, we had been for ten, twenty plus years using all these different tools, all these different websites, all this different software to try and do exactly that. Because I mean, you can't trade every stock; it's it's inconceivable, and you can't trade two hundred stocks. So. Stocks to trade the software was built with pre-built scanners with all these tools to allow you to lessen that research process and get you to the point where every day with a minimum amount of clicks you're now down to ten stocks, half a dozen stocks. So where we talk about stocks to trade pro, that's more, you know, live interaction with me and seeing my process.